0: Morning, everyone. Fantastic to be here. Uh, good day, kids. Great to have you here. Let's pray, shall we? Uh, Father, we thank you so much for your love and forgiveness uh, to us in Jesus. And we thank you that you speak to us through your word. And we ask, please, Lord, speak to us now. Uh, please encourage us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I find that I, uh, in life, want to be the hero, don't you? Someone who's brave enough and skillful enough and strong enough and uh, smart enough to save myself and to save others around me from danger. And I, I think that's very common. I think we all in some way want to be the hero or in some way think maybe I am the hero, that I can save myself, that I can save others from danger. Now as we come to the book of Jonah, who's the hero in the book of Jonah? Who's the hero in the book of Jonah? Now, if you're someone who's read your Bible a fair bit, when you come to chapter 1, verse 1, so flip back to Jonah if you're not there, flip back to Jonah, and it says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me, you generally think, ah, here's God's hero, Jonah, The prophet who receives the word of God and goes in obedience to God and speaks and the word has power because it's God's word. That's what he's going to do, isn't he? If you've read the Old Testament before, that's generally what happens when there's there's prophets. Now, look at verse 1 again. So the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh, preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. And verse 3... But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. And after praying the fare, he went aboard and sailed to Tarshish to flee from the Lord. The totally unexpected happens. The hero runs away. The prophet disobeys God. And immediately know Jonah is not the hero. Firstly, because he runs away from God. Now, kids, this is the moment to pull out your booklets that you got as you came in. And there's a bunch of boxes in the booklets, and each box is for one of the points that will come up on the screen, one of the points of the story. And you can use the boxes to fill in the headings, fill in the blanks using the titles on the screen, and you can draw pictures in the boxes, you can copy the ones on the screen, or draw your own, colour them in if you'd like. Um, or some kids, you might just want to listen in. But as you're using the booklets, keep listening, okay? Keep listening. Jonah's not the hero because, firstly, Jonah runs away from God. He doesn't want to do what God wants him to do. Now we're going to hear more about that in future weeks of the why he doesn't want to do what God wants him to do so he runs away he's told to go to the east go to Nineveh and what he does instead is he goes as far west as you could possibly get over the seas towards Tarshish and as far as he can get away from God see verse three Jonah ran away from the Lord he's trying to run away from God which is crazy see Jonah is as bad as Nineveh Do you remember verse 1, we introduced to Nineveh whose wickedness has come up before God. Nineveh is a city that is so bad that is so bad they needed Jonah to go and preach to them and tell them how bad they were so they could turn back to God and be forgiven. Nineveh are bad. They don't want to do what God wants them to do and unless they turn back to God, God will destroy them. But Jonah's just as bad, isn't he? He won't do what God wants him to do. He won't do what God tells him to do, and instead he runs away from God. We can see that Jonah is not the hero because he runs away from God. And we can see that Jonah is not the hero because he won't turn back to God despite God's warnings. Now, kids, you didn't get very long in that first box, but I promise you'll get longer in the next boxes. So second box in your booklet. We can see that Jonah is not the hero because he won't turn back to God despite God's warnings. Have a look at verse 4. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. And all the sailors were afraid and each cried to his own God and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. Because Jonah wouldn't do what God wanted him to do and instead ran away to Tarshish, God sent a violent storm to threaten the ship that Jonah was on. A storm that is so violent that the sailors are throwing their cargo into the sea to try to lighten the ship so the ship isn't swamped and ripped apart by the waves. The storm is God's warning to Jonah, turn back, Jonah. Turn back to me and do what I want you to do. But instead of Jonah listening to God's warning, Jonah had ignored the storm, had gone below deck and had gone to sleep. Now the captain finds Jonah asleep and says, how can you sleep? get up and call on your God, maybe he'll take notice of us and we won't perish. The captain is shocked that Jonah isn't up and praying like all the other sailors on the ship. But Jonah isn't praying because he's running away from God. He won't talk to God. And so the storm grows more and more dangerous, more and more scary. And so the sailors on the ship cast lots, which is a bit like rolling dice or flipping coins to see who is responsible for the great storm that threatens to sink the ship. Now, the sailors don't believe in the one true God. They believe in all sorts of other false gods. But they believe if you cast these lots, it'll show someone is responsible for the God's anger that is causing this storm to come. Who's responsible? So they cast lots and the lot falls on? Jonah. Because there is one true God the Lord God of the Bible, and he causes the lot to fall on Jonah because Jonah is responsible and now the sailors know it. The storm is God's warning to Jonah, turn back Jonah. So the sailors ask Jonah who he is, where he's from, what he's done, and he answers verse 9. I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. His God, the one true God, God, The Lord is the maker and ruler of everything. He made the land, he made the sea. And so the sailors are terrified. See, in their minds, their false gods were little gods who controlled little pieces of the world. But this God, this God is the maker and ruler of everything. The sailors had been terrified at the storm, but now the sailors are terrified of the one who has brought the storm. The Lord God, creator and ruler of all things. What have you done, they say to Jonah? In the sense of, how could you do this? Because they knew he was running away from the Lord. He told them he was running away from the Lord. How could you do this? How could you run away from this God, the God who is the ruler of everything? But Jonah still won't turn back to God. The sea was getting rougher and rougher. The ship threatened to be torn apart and sunk. The sailors say to Jonah... What should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? What could Jonah have said at that point? Turn the ship back. Take me back to Israel. I'm going to Nineveh. I'm sorry, God. I'm turning back to you. But instead, he won't turn back to God and says, verse 12, Pick me up, throw me into the sea, and it will become calm. I know that it's my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Now the sailors don't want to, they don't want to take Jonah's life and so they try and they try and they try to row back to shore but the sea grew wilder and wilder and it was clear that there was no other option and so the sailors prayed to God for forgiveness, they picked Jonah up and they throw him overboard and the sea grew immediately calm. And verse 16, at this the men greatly feared the Lord and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. The sailors, at least in this moment, turn to the Lord as the one true God. Do you see how these pagan sailors who believe in false gods are acting better than Jonah, who believes in the one true God? The sailors pray to their false gods to save them. Jonah won't pray. In fact, he's gone down below and gone to sleep. The sailors run around trying to find who's responsible. Jonah knows he's responsible and does nothing about it. The sailors are terrified when they find out the God who is angered is the creator of everything, and uh, they are in trouble from his anger. Jonah knows the one true God who is angry and does nothing about it. The sailors try to row and row and row back to shore. Jonah will not go back to shore and turn back to God. And in the end, it's these pagan sailors who fear God and make sacrifices and vows to him. They worship God. Whereas Jonah still refuses to turn back. Jonah is worse than the pagan sailors who believe in false gods. Jonah is not the hero. In fact, he's the anti-hero. Runs away from God and will not turn back to God despite God's warnings in the storm. When I was young, we had a dog called William. William. Uh, William was a little sausage dog. I love sausage dogs. We don't have them now. We've got a Cavoodle now. But I love sausage dogs. I just think they're funny. You just look at them and you, just, you have to smile. They're just long little legs, you know, long and just they make you laugh. Uh, we had this one called William, beautiful dog. But one day he, he wandered out of the house. Someone left the door open he wandered away and he was lost. Oh, we just searched for him all day, all day, all day. And it was starting to get dark and we thought William's gone. And then we're driving through these back streets, and there in someone's front yard was William just plodding along, head down, covered in water and mud, so sad. And we threw open the car door and shouted, "'William!' And if a dog could smile, you know, his head came up and he ran and he ran and he flew, you know, flying sausage, I flew <laughs> into the car, and we hugged him and took him home. Now, William, he just wandered off, got lost, But when we called him, he he ran back with joy. That's not Jonah, is it? Jonah ran away. Jonah willfully turned away from God. And when God says, come back, Jonah, come back, Jonah, Jonah says, I will not come back. I will not turn back. Jonah's not the hero. He runs away and will not turn back. He can't save himself from danger and he can't save others from danger. In fact, he doesn't even want to. But there is a hero in our story. A hero who is loving enough and unstoppable enough and powerful enough to save others. And it's the Lord God. God is the hero of the book of Jonah because, firstly, God is loving enough to save bad people. Kids, flip over your page, third box in your booklet. God is loving enough to save bad people. Think about Jonah. Jonah the prophet who refuses to do what God has told him to do and instead runs away and won't turn back despite God's warnings. What should God do with Jonah? Punish him? Have him drown in the depths of the sea for rebelling against his creator? Well, that looks like what's going to happen. Verse 15. Then they took Jonah, they threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. But what does God do with Jonah? Verse 17. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. God saves Jonah. In an incredible miracle, God provides a huge fish. Now, is it a whale? Is it a whale shark? Is it a fish that we don't know about, a fish God created just for this person? We don't know. But as Jonah is sinking down into the very depths of the ocean, about to die, A huge fish swallows him and provides him with air, saving him from certain death. And Jonah knows it. If if you look at chapter 2, verse 6, flip over there, Jonah says, But you, Lord my God, brought up my life from the pit. Jonah knows that God in his love saved him from certain death, death that he deserved for disobeying God. And Now look at what God does in chapter, uh, verse 10 of chapter 2. And the Lord commanded the fish... And it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Not only is Jonah swallowed, he's also vomited back up. Alive, whole, once again onto dry land. God loves enough to save Jonah who disobeyed from him, who ran from him, who would not turn back to him. God loves enough to save bad people. Bad people like me. Bad people like you. But not just Jonah, the sailors as well. See, the sailors, remember, they know nothing of the one true God. They believe in false gods. But Jonah comes aboard their ship because of the storm, and because of the storm, they find out from Jonah about the one true God, the Lord of everything, who created the land and the sea. Not because Jonah was good, looking for an opportunity to tell them about the Lord. No, it's because God controlled the events, even through Jonah's sin, so that Jonah was on that ship. So that through the storm, these sailors would hear about the one true God. So that, chapter 1, verse 16, by the end, the men greatly feared the Lord and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. These men come to fear and worship the Lord. See, God loves enough to save sailors who worshipped false gods and knew and cared nothing about him. God is the God who loves enough to save people who don't know about him, who don't care about him, who worship other gods. But not just Jonah and the sailors, think of Nineveh. The great city, described in verse 1, as wicked. Its wickedness, its badness had come up before the Lord, which means that this is a city that stood out as a bad, bad anti-God city, a thoroughly bad city. What should God do with such a city? Punish it? Destroy it? Instead, God sends a prophet to it, Jonah. Go preach to it so the city might hear about how bad they are, how they have wronged the Lord and turned from him, that they might turn back and so God could forgive them and be saved. God loves enough to save bad people like the people of Nineveh. Bad people like me. Bad people like you. Imagine that you have a dog, and it's called William. And it's a sausage dog. But it's not the cute, lovely sausage dog that I had as a kid. It's bad William, evil William. You don't want this dog. This dog, it, it, it growls at you, it barks at you, it tries to bite you, it runs around, does terrible things in the house. It's always trying to escape. It hates you. It doesn't want to live in your house. It wants to get away. It does all sorts of terrible things. One day, you've left your toys out. The dog comes into your room and it rips him up, it rips him up, it rips him up. Rips him up. Yeah. William, what are you doing? And it looks at you and goes, <laughs> and runs away. What is this creature that we've brought into our home? The next day you see it rolling around in the mud, rolling around in the mud outside. You think, What's William doing? And then it runs in, jumps on the lounge. It's running all over the lounge, putting paw prints and all over the cushions and everything. William, stop that. He <laughs> <laughs> jumps and runs away. Another time you come into your bedroom, and there it's on your bed, and he jumps off and runs away. What's he doing on the bed? Get off the bed. There's a poo sitting right on your pillow. And William, as he runs away, goes, (laughs) One day, because he hates you and wants to get away from your house, what he does is he climbs up onto the uh, lounge, he jumps onto a chair, he jumps onto the kitchen bench, he goes over the window, he gets a pan, he smashes the window with it, he throws a cushion out, he jumps down, and he runs away. And you come home and you think it's a bit drafty in here. The window, it's smashed. Where's William? And you just hear on the breeze, faintly. (laughs) (laughs) Now, would you go looking for William to save him? Would you go wanting to bring that dog back? I wouldn't. But God goes looking for bad people to save them. God's the hero of the book of Jonah because he is loving enough to save bad people. And secondly, God is the hero of the book of Jonah because God is unstoppable in his plan to save people. Kids, um, fourth box in the booklet, go there. God is unstoppable in carrying out his plan to save people. If you remember back to the beginning God tells Jonah go to the great city of Nineveh preach to them that they might turn back from their wickedness to me and Jonah says no and he runs away. Now you could think of that moment God's plan stopped. Jonah's ruined it. He's messed it all up. God had a plan to save the people of Nineveh by Jonah going to them and preaching to them and he won't do it and so the plan of God is blocked. Well look again at verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah son of Amittai, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. Now flip to chapter 3 verse 1. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim it to it this the message I give you. Now it's almost the same, isn't it? We're virtually back to the beginning. God says to Jonah, go to Nineveh and preach. Jonah refuses, runs away on the ship. God sends the storm. Jonah is thrown into the sea. The fish swallows Jonah, carries Jonah to dry gown, vomits Jonah up. And God says, now go do what I told you to do the first time. Go to Nineveh and preach. Now we'll see more about that next week. God's plan can't be stopped. Jonah running away can't stop it. The storm, the fish, is out of God's love for Jonah and to teach Jonah but it's also because God wanted Jonah to get back to doing the thing that he wanted done in the first place. God is not done with his plan to save Nineveh through the preaching of Jonah and God will let nothing stop it. And we constantly see this throughout the Bible, don't we? God's good plans to save cannot be stopped. God is the hero of the book of Jonah because he is unstoppable in carrying out his plan to save people. And thirdly, God is the hero of the book of Jonah because God is powerful enough to save from death itself. Kids, flip over the page. Final box there. Just work on the left-hand side first. There'll be another slide where we work on the right-hand side. God is powerful enough to save from death itself. The biggest thing that we need saving from is death. Even queens need saving from death. And only God can save from death no one else. Think of Jonah, thrown into the depths of the sea. He describes it in chapter 2 in his prayer from inside the huge fish. Look at chapter 2, verse 3. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. You get the picture, don't you? The waves, the currents swirling, breaking over his head. Verse 5... The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed wrapped around my head to the roots of the mountains. I sank down the earth, barred me in forever. Jonah dragged down, down, down into the depths of the sea, covered by the waters, seaweed wrapping around his head, totally helpless, seconds from death. So much so that Jonah describes it like sinking down into the grave. Verse 2 he says, from the realm of the dead I called to help. Under the sea, he felt like, I'm as good as dead. And I cried out to God. But verse 6, But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit, from the grave. From the very clutches of death itself, God saves Jonah. God is the God who saves from death. Jonah deep under the sea, as good as dead, as good as in the grave, and God miraculously rescues him by a huge fish swallowing. God is powerful enough to save from death itself. But there's something even more amazing that God's doing. And we've got the next bit of the slide. And kids, now you can do the right-hand box there of part of that slide. There's something even more amazing than what God did for Jonah. In the other bit of the Bible that was read for us earlier, some people come to Jesus and say to Jesus, give us a sign. Basically, give us a sign to show you are who you say you are so that we might believe in you. And Jesus says to them, look, the only sign I'm going to give you is the sign of Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man, me, Jesus, will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Jesus is a, Jonah is a picture of Jesus to come. Can you see actually the parallels on the screen so wonderfully drawn? Jonah doesn't want to but begrudgingly sacrifices himself so that the sailors can live. Allows himself to be thrown in the sea so the sea could be calmed and the sailors won't die. And he goes down into the depths of the sea almost like descending into death, almost dying. And then God saves him from death in the form of the huge fish. And then Jonah spends three days and three nights in the belly of the huge fish, almost like being dead in the dark tomb. But then after three days and three nights, the fish vomits Jonah up onto dry land, coming out into the sunlight again, almost like coming out of a tomb, being dead for three days. It's a picture of Jesus. Jesus willingly sacrifices himself for others. Jesus really, truly goes down, down, down into death, fully dying, fully dying, fully dying. Not like Jonah, rescued at the last moment, but Jesus actually dying. Dying for you and me, dying for bad people so we could be forgiven. Dying, taking the punishment we deserve. And then his body spends three days in the darkness of the tomb, truly dead, truly dead, truly dead. And then after three days, the tomb is opened And Jesus resurrected comes out in the sunlight, risen from the dead, never to die again. Jonah in the sea, in the fish, coming out alive, is like he was almost dead, almost in the tomb, almost resurrected from the dead. Jesus really did die, really was in the tomb, and really was resurrected from the dead to live forever. Jonah looks forward to the coming of Jesus because with Jesus, death is actually defeated. He truly dies and he truly comes back from the dead to live forever. And if we trust him, if we cry out to him, we can rise to live forever too. If we, like Jonah, remember, in the depths of the ocean, cries out to God and God saved him. If we cry out to God to save us, he will save us from death too. God is the hero because he's powerful enough to save from death itself. Who's the real hero? It's not us. It's not humans. It's not Jonah. He runs away from God. He won't turn back to God despite God's warnings. That's what humans do. God is the real hero. Because he is loving enough to save bad people. And his plan to save bad people is unstoppable. And he is powerful enough to save from death itself. God is the hero. Here's two applications for all of us. First... So let God be the hero. Let God be the hero who saves you from death. Don't try to be the hero yourself because you can't save yourself from death. Only Jesus, by his death and resurrection, can. You're not good enough to make yourself right with God. You'll never be good enough. None of us can be. Only God can save. The classic thing we tend to do as humans is to think we can be good enough or can work hard enough to make God happy with us so that he'll take us to heaven. Wrong. We can never be good enough. We're bad people and we cannot save ourselves. We need God to be the hero to save us. The book of Jonah teaches us that God is the hero who saves and not humans. Um, I've told this story before to the adults but the kids probably haven't heard it. When I was a kid, I was about eight years old, we used to go and put our boat into the water at a certain spot but while my um, my mum and dad were putting the boat off the trailer into the water, me and my sister would run off and play. And we go off to this um, fun spot which was just this massive uh, place but it was filled with mud. It was like the size of a soccer oval because they were sucking mud out of the waterway and dumping it on the land. And it was this thick, black, goopy mud but the sun baked the top so that it sort of looked like the outback and went hard on top. And it was super fun to throw rocks and they'd soar through the air and and then it was like quicksand. It would suck them down, they'd disappear. We loved it. One day... I walked out over the surface because it was sort of hard on top. And the surface cracked and I fell in. And at first I thought, this is, this is fun in this thick, goopy mud. And then I realised I'm sinking from my calves up to my knees. And so I started to struggle to try to get out. But the more I struggled, the more I sank. It really was like quicksand from my knees to my thighs to my hips. to my And I realised I'm going to drown. I'm going to die in this mud and there's nothing I can do to save myself. In fact, struggling only makes it worse. And so I yelled to my sister, Michelle, go get Dad. And she ran over the hill and disappeared and I was alone, sinking, sinking, helpless. And then Dad came over the hill with the oar in his hand from the boat and he reached out and he pulled me out. I couldn't save myself, but my dad could save me. Only God can save us. So cry out to God like Jonah did when he was drowning in the depths of the sea. He could do nothing to save himself. He needed God to save him, and so do we. And God will save you. Let God be the hero. Don't try to be the hero yourself. Application two, join God in saving people. Which sounds funny when we've just said that the only one who can save is God. But God wonderfully allows us to be little partners in the work of saving people. God's the only one who can save, but he lets us be sidekicks. To the hero. He's the hero. We're just average people, but he lets us be sidekicks to work alongside him in the work. God could do it without us, but amazingly, he lets us join him. See, that's what Jonah was supposed to be doing. He was supposed to be going to Nineveh to tell them that God is the hero who saves. So turn from your wickedness and turn back to God. But Jonah said no and he ran away. But that's the privilege we get as well telling people God is the hero. And he saves from death. And seeing people hear that message and turn back to God and be forgiven so they can be saved from death and live forever with God and with us. So we don't want to be like Jonah, who didn't do it and ran away. We want to be people who are working alongside God, telling people about our hero God who saves people from death. Kids, let me speak firstly to you. Have you got friends who you would love them to have God as their hero? You would love them to be saved by God. Well, if you do then, why don't you ask your mum or dad to talk to their mum or dad to see if your friend could come along to EV Kids with you or come along to churn with you? You could also ask your friend yourself. And maybe you could even ask your mum or dad if there could be a time where your friend could come over to your house for a play before they come to EV Kids or before they come to Churn. And maybe even their mum or dad could come over and hang out with your mum or dad because, you know, our friends often find it easier to come to something at church when they've hung out and had a play at your home first. And often their parents find it easier to let their kids come to to things at church if they know your parents have you got friends who you'd love for them to come to have God as their hero and be saved to them? Then chat to your parents about how you might help them come to Churn or come to EV Kids. Now to everyone. Just a reminder, everything we do as a church is towards this end of saving people. Everything we do is we're little partners in God's great mission to save, helping people come to God and stay with God, come to be saved and remain saved. And we're all working together in this mission as sidekicks to the great hero God, and we're a team in that. Think sports team, netball, soccer, footy, different positions, different parts working together for the win. You're doing that, you're doing that, I'm doing that, but all working together in the game for the win. That's us as a church, a team, all different parts to play. What's the win for us? To help people come to God the hero and be saved and remain trusting all their days in the hero Remaining saved. Imagine a sporting team where everyone on the team was like, this season, the win is so important. I'm in. I'm part of it. What's my position? What what sort of work can I do together with everyone? When's training? I'll be there. I'll never miss it. When's the game? I'll never miss a game. I'll play hard together with you guys. I'll play for the win. Imagine a church like that. The mission is so important. This is what God is on about. Bringing people to God... And keeping with God. Imagine if we felt it so much like, I'm in. What's my position? How can I work together with everyone else towards that? When's the train? I'll never miss it. When's the game? I'll be there. I'll, never... I'll play hard together with you guys. I'll play hard for the win. Which wonderfully is to honour God by seeing people come to be saved and remain saved. Now wonderfully I see so much of this amongst us. But isn't it a good reminder that that our hero God is so loving and unstoppable and powerful, he saves people from death itself. And then he lets us be little partners in that work, talking to others about how he is the hero who saves. Wow, this is the biggest thing going on in our world. Wouldn't it be a sad thing to get to the end of our life and think, man, I sat in the sidelines and never really got amongst it. And wouldn't it be a wonderful thing to think, man, God let me be in the thick of that. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we praise you that you are the hero, that you are loving enough to save bad people and unstoppable in carrying out your plan to save people and powerful enough to save from death itself. Please let every one of us let you be the hero to cry out to Jesus to save us from, from death by Jesus. And please, Lord, help each of us join you in sharing Uh, that you are the hero so that people might be saved from death. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.